Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com. Carolina Panthers had some media availability ahead of the draft. Carolina Hurricanes win game one. I think we got a good idea of who's going to start in game two against the Islanders, but what about game three on Friday up in Long Island? Let's get it. It's brought to you by Talk It Out NC. We had our first ACC portal trade in men's <laughs> basketball. Jack Clark. Yeah. NC State wing headed to Clemson after one year with the Wolfpack. And in return, NC State gets Ben Middlebrooks, who will be a backup to DJ Burns. Middlebrooks, Joe, I'm going to give you two guesses. His two highest scoring games this season. They're all NC State. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> he had eight points against the Wolfpack yeah. in the ACC tournament. Yeah. And he had ten points. And it went over the Wolfpack on December 30th. Huh. Oddly enough, a game where Jack Clark got hurt. Yeah. Ended up missing a so, couple of games this week. So was the pitch from, from Middlebrooks or the pitch from Keats to Middlebrooks, hey, 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 every time I see you, I know you can shoot. Can you do that for us? I, it has to be at this point. I mean, All basically, right. hey, I know how good you could be. I've seen it, right? Can you do That's... that for us? Because we would appreciate that. That, that would be nice. Yeah, I, look, man. We could sit here and make the jokes because it happens on the same day that Jack Clark's going to Clemson and Middlebrooks is coming to uh, coming to NC State. But I mean, how far are we removed from actual trades in college basketball? Getting into those contracts that you and yeah. I have talked about. Yeah, we have talked about those contracts. Middlebrooks also scored eight points in a loss to Carolina this year. Not I, to be outdone. I also feel too like there's been some players to be named later situations that have played out too for NC State. Like Arizona they're going to Arizona yeah. State, right? Yeah. So it's all you know, two degrees of separation. Future considerations. Now here's my here's my curiosity. We had a hey Joe question about this that came in late, but it's worth bringing up now uh, in the daily checkdown. Carolina's been quiet. They've added some pieces, but they're not. Yeah, they they've added two players, but I think they're still probably a star that they're going to add in the portal mm-hmm. because they got to replace love himself. I mean, as a guard, I mean, yes. You yes. know, Wojcik is a guy who's going to add shooting. Jalen Withers is a guy who's going to help them, you know, defend the four, play a little bit on the wing. He can shoot, but he, that's not his expertise. He's not another, you know, manic or, or even a Nance. He's, he's probably, he's a lot, a lot closer to a Nance, um, but th- they're still going to add and NC state's going to add more guys too. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Next Thursday, it's the NFL Draft. The Carolina Panthers have the number one pick in the draft. You might have heard, and you might have heard that the Panthers are going to go with Bryce Young. That's what a lot of the mock drafts are saying. That's what the NFL insiders are saying. But what's Scott Fitterer saying? The general manager met with the media today, and one thing he wanted to get clear, he has the autonomy. He has the authority to do what they're doing in terms of their homework and who they're going to pick. Uh, you know my theory on this. Every story you read on the draft for the Panthers starts with and ends with David and Nicole Tepper. But Fitterer wanted to make it clear, hey, 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 I got to say here. I thank uh, you know David and Nicole 
for all the resources they gave us, you know, the spring. You know, it took a lot to go out to all these pro days back to back to back. So, you know, they, they really supported us and, you know, really thank them for that. Uh, you know, Frank and I, you know, they've given us the, uh, the authority to make the decision. I just want to thank them for that. The authority to make the decision. Now, Joe, do you think the authority to make this decision is semantics? Like, yes, you will be calling in the pick, but you're going to be calling in the pick that I made. You know, Joe, we could parse that language at a later date. <laughs> Shouts to Dennis for pointing this out to me. In that clip, yeah, Scott Fitterer, 49-year-old grown adult, referred to David Tepper and Nicole Tepper, also grown adults, by their first names. It's progress. It wasn't Mr. Tepper. It's good progress. It wasn't Mrs. Tepper. It's good stuff. Hey, hey, you can do it. It's not disrespectful. No, just, just, you know their names. That was my, that was the big win for me good from for that you. sound clip. Good yeah. for you. So Bryce Young is the person everybody is obsessed with right now. Although there are some questions about his frame, Scott Fitterer was asked about that today and had a curious way of answering it. I think, you know, nutritionally we can do some things uh, to educate him. Um, you know, we get him in the weight room. You can see when you really look at his okay. lower body, his lower body is going to He didn't go to some community college. He went to the 33rd pro team. Yeah. He was at Alabama for three years. Yeah, so I love it. Nutritionally, <laughs> there are things that we can do. Eat. We can coach him up. I could teach Ooh. you that. No, I mean, if you want to, if you want to teach a guy to put on weight, the three of come, us come and get it. <laughs> well, come hang out. Maybe that's our new uh, consulting oh, project, right? Hey, you, you need your quarterback you to get said, fat. You said today you, you talked about Plan B eventually. Yes. Maybe that's it for us. Maybe that it is. We go now. How does one not gain weight in college? I mean, he should be going around teaching people how not to gain weight in college. Hey, Bryce, let, let's. <laughs> Let's fill you in on a little secret. Mm. If you do get picked by the Carolina Panthers we and got, you're living in Charlotte, we got some we got for you. <laughs> we got choices for you, my man. You want hey, two o'clock in the morning? Cookout trays. Cookout, let's go. All right. We a just little waffle house. We just showed the E Weezy uh what it was about with the cookout. We can get you up to weight. Oh no, 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 no. Don't get the char grilled chicken. You need the burger with the corn dog and the quesadilla on the side. Oh, and by the way, Reese's Oreo milkshake is the move. Oh, oh, for breakfast? Don't sweat it. Bojangles. Mm -hmm. Cajun filet combo with the sweet tea. On and a bowberry biscuit. Throw in the bow. Ooh, just throw in the bowberry biscuit. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't make it a bowberry biscuit. Just get the bowberry biscuit on top of that. Buddy, we can teach you. We can nutritionally coach you up, if you will. All right, Fitterer also talked about the S2 cognition test. This is a thing that's been picking up a lot of steam the last couple of years. The Wonderlick tired S2 test wired. We use it so we believe in it, but it's it's a tool. You know, just like uh, there's a lot of different tools that we look at, you know, analytics, everything else. It all comes back to the tape. It's the most important thing that we do. What we watch and we evaluate and what Cole watches and what Dan watches. Uh, S2 is just another tool that we use. Uh, it, it is something we believe in, though. Okay. It's a it, okay. Got it. Got it. I am still somewhat skeptical about Bryce Young, but if that's the move, I hope they put everything in place. Jillio, you've mentioned the Dolphins before. Dolphins yeah. put everything in place to make it work for Tua Tunga Vailoa. Of course, the problem with Tunga Vailoa, I and I'm not saying this like, oh man, he's concussion prone. He's just been 
Oh, he's been he's other had, injuries he's, in his he's career. Been, he's, bet, he's had some other injuries. Just the latest is he hasn't been right because of the concussions. Next up. One, two, three. Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, who you may recall, suffered cardiac arrest and had to be resuscitated during a Bills-Bengals game four months ago, has been cleared to return, Joe, and he's going through the Bills' off-season voluntary workouts. This is kind of crazy, kind of amazing when you think about it. Uh, Hamlin met with the media today, and he said, I mean, spot the lie here, Joe. This, this, is, this is one of those quotes you're like, whoa. Uh, this was a life-changing event, but it's not the end of my story. I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. That's awesome. 25 years old. I, Here's Brandon Bean. This is not coming back from an ACL. This no, is not coming no. back from a broken leg. No. This is this is literally coming back from the dead. Yes. Yeah. We're not we're not exaggerating here. He's literally coming back from the dead to play football. Here's Brandon Bean, Buffalo Bills general manager on Hamlin being cleared. DeMar saw his last specialist uh, on Friday. Um, long and short of it, when he left Cincinnati, came here, was Buffalo General, he saw a couple of specialists here uh, in Buffalo, and then since then he's seen three additional specialists, most recently on Friday, and you know they're all in, a, in agreement. It's not two to one or three to one or anything like that. They're all in lockstep uh, of what this was and that he is cleared, resumed full activities, just like anyone else who was coming back from an injury or whatever. So he's he's fully cleared. He's here, and he is of the mindset. He's in a great headspace to uh, come back and, and uh, make his return. That's Brandon Bean, general manager, Buffalo Bills, on DeMar Hamlin, who just tweeted out literal seconds ago, like, thank everybody for being yeah. on this journey. So very cool to see. Hopefully, hopefully. Part of me understands this, but part of me also says – you have a second chance. Yeah. There, there is such a thing as an injury settlement with the NFL. Yeah. Which would set him up to take on the next phase of his life. But I also understand that he has now been cleared by every doctor. There wasn't an underlying condition. It, no. was, it was truly a one-off, one-off, one-in-a-you know, It was a unicorn event. Yes. situation where the hit happened just as his heart was in rhythm there. Like, I, I understand this one both ways. It, this is you got to th- you got to be single minded and have just a crazy amount of either courage mm-hmm. or blind faith that this won't be something that affects you down the road. Because again, at twenty five, yeah, sometimes I, like, I hate to the, say this, I don't know sign, how much you like, know yet. Hey man, at twenty five, right? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. To me, I'm not looking at it from Demar Hamlin's perspective. That's his choice to make. If yes, he's medically it is his cleared, choice. yeah, and he's been if, cleared. If he's medically cleared, uh, hey man, who who who's going to say no? Keontae Johnson just did this uh, Kansas State. My my question is, what lessons were learned by the NFL because they've had two incredibly scary moments this past season? Concussions in are Cincinnati, up, both okay? in Cincinnati, yeah. Concussions were up this year, and they were introducing new helmet technology and everything else. But you had this one event that was so catastrophic that it it shouldn't be dismissed as a one-off event. It could happen again. Mm -hmm. Did you put the right protocols in place for the next time this happens, or are you going to have yourself in the situation that played out on that Monday Night Football game where nobody knew what was going on? I think in two different ways, two different ways of the protocols, right? Yeah. Clearly, the the emergency personnel was there to resuscitate him and save his life. Okay, that that was in place. To your point, though, that the league office was sitting there and potentially making these players, after watching this player go into cardiac arrest, 
their teammate, mm-hmm. th- and then to in, have the on-field officials act as though the game was going to resume, which was still in 20 still wild minutes to me, until that was the case. both coaches interceded and said no. Uh, so to that, to your point about that protocol, mm-hmm. that part needs to be fixed. But again, that's where you thank Zach Taylor, you thank Sean McDermott for understanding that situation and reading the reaction and the, and the severity of the issue. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. To the NBA, where we can thank Draymond Green for making things spicy in the postseason. Draymond Green went Draymond Green. You say spicy or stupid? Last night, eh, it depends on, uh, on, on on what your flavor is. So Draymond Green and DeMontis Sabonis got into it late last night in the Kings' win over the Golden State Warriors, which should be the story, the fact that the Kings have looked really great against the Golden State Warriors. First time in the playoffs, 16 years. They win the game 114-106. Mm-hmm. They won the game in the first half, Joe, when they scored 41 points in the second quarter while Green was still on the floor. And they're doing an amazing job disrupting. I know Steph Curry got 28 points last night, but still. Uh, they're doing 21 a, shots. I mean, that's, that's the thing. They're, they're doing a good job of disrupting what Golden State's trying to do. And, of course, there's a little gamesmanship, which is what Draymond Green is always going to lose. He's always going to lose the gamesmanship. What bothers me about Draymond, as much as I can be entertained by his antics, he's a classic case of a guy who thinks he's savvier than the room. He's not. He's just not. And he's cost the Golden State Warriors a title. Yeah, 2016. In the finals. In the finals. Where he was baited by LeBron James. And he took it. And he took it. Fell for it. And last night was another example of that where, yeah, was Sabonis grabbing his ankle? Yes. But that's not how you should react in that situation. And Mike Brown, by the way, the head coach of the Kings, who has a little familiarity with the fact that Draymond Green acts out, was absolutely broadcasting, hey, NBA, you know, you should probably suspend him. Yeah. It wouldn't be unprecedented if they did that for a retaliatory thing. Uh, but both sides were talking about, well, we got, I got an x-ray. Well, I got an x-ray, too. The gamesmanship is not as clever as Draymond thinks it is. Right down to trying to like antagonize the Kings crowd yesterday. You don't think they're going to feed right. off that dude? You said 16 years. They are hype. All you're doing is feeding the beast in Sacramento. And, and I would say this. You might say, well, Joe, it's it's the first round. It's, it's slightly hyperbolic to say that, oh, he cost him a title once. He might cost him another. Uh, uh, if you've looked y'all. at the Western Conference, mm-hmm. you'd realize – that other than the Minnesota Timberwolves, any of those seven teams can win the Western Conference and show up in the NBA Finals. And seeing as how Milwaukee already seemingly is now down Giannis Antetokounmpo, there's no guarantee that either Milwaukee or Boston gets there in full health. So anybody, if you can get there, you can win it. And that's the thing about the Warriors after they basically, they, they kind of stole one last year. They got one back last year, mm-hmm. right? There was a little bit of Coach K in that one. Hey, well, we lost it in 99, but we kind of got one back in 10 that probably wasn't supposed to be ours. That's the kind of mentality that they have to have. You you can't now check out of this series, particularly when Green is the most important defender against Sabonis. And if you don't watch the Kings, Sabonis is basically like his dad. He's a point center. Yeah. Next up. The Carolina Hurricanes won. Game one. Game 83. Stanley Cup playoffs. Game 82 plus one. That, I like it. Uh, they got it done last night for two reasons. We'll explain next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now.
The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Game one goes to the Carolina Hurricanes, beating the New York Islanders 2-1 last night at PNC Arena. A couple quick thoughts. The the first one being I was a little worried about what the crowd was going to look like because, hey, man, budgeting, it's a Monday night. It's an opponent that people aren't necessarily hyped up for. But shout out to everybody who took advantage of the dynamic pricing. Tickets came down on Ticketmaster and on StubHub and on GameTime, and they packed the place out. And everything went nuts when Andrei Svechnikov was the game siren sounder. Uh, he's obviously hurt. He's not going to be available at all. His timetable's, what, six to seven months. But he was there in spirit. He cranked that siren, and people were ready to go. And the Hurricanes paid off that hype by dominating the first six to seven minutes of that game. First power play opportunity. Brent Burns feeds it to Sebastian Ajo. He hits the one-timer, and things get rolling. And I really do think that the the two main story lines out of that game were Brent Burns and what he was brought here to do, paying off in the two power play goals, and then Auntie Ranta understanding the assignment and, and what ended up being a pretty wild third period with how many icings? It was like a youth game level amount of icing calls last night and uh, crucial penalty kills where Ronta had to make some key saves. So Burns doing what he's supposed to do while he was brought here and Ronta stepping up in what has been a little bit of an adventure for goalie. It was positive to see. Yeah, if you don't remember, the Carolina Hurricanes had Dougie Hamilton as their primary quarterback on their power play. Mm-hmm. And, and the book on Dougie Hamilton was he was outstanding during the regular season, but he struggled in the playoffs. So the Devils came in and after the 21 season, offered him a bunch of money. And the Canes were like, okay, cool. Yeah, cool, thanks. We're going to go get Tony <laughs> D'Angelo for a, for a discount price. Yeah, the market inefficiency. D'Angelo comes in last year, has basically the same stats that Dougie Hamilton had at a, a seventh of the price. Mm-hmm. And But then in the playoffs, the numbers looked very similar. So here's the numbers from 21, Joe. The Canes played 11 playoff games in 2021. They had six power play goals. No bueno. 2022, 14 games, seven power play goals. Brutal. Last night, one game. Yeah. One game. Yeah. Two power play goals and directly set up by Brent Burns. Both goals directly set up by Burns. That's the guy who is now... The, the primary quarterback mm-hmm. on that power play. The one thing I really liked about Burns, too, it wasn't just on the power play. He was a threat on the ice. Mm-hmm. And without Svechnikov, without Max Pacioretty, the scoring slack has to be picked up elsewhere. The line, a five-on-five, five, that I was most impressed with all night was Jordan Stahl, Jesper Fast, Jordan Martin. Yep. That was the Canes line that I thought was the best five-on-five five last night. But you also see where their skill level is. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not finishers. So if you can, they have but they were been. creating. Yes, they were. The puck possession was there. I love the way that Stall plays in the playoffs. I love the way he plays in the playoffs. Okay, but to me, when I'm looking at the Canes last night, I'm going, okay, it's good that you got those power play goals because mm-hmm. that's how you won this particular game. Mm-hmm. But I do worry about their firepower moving forward. I, I, this has been the worry. The, the, what I what I said last night holds true today. The Canes very much canesed last night. Uh, they created chances. They didn't cash them in. But they, the difference in the game is what we've been screaming at. You got to score on the power play. Yep. They took care of it. Hey, look at and that! Early. A win. So there was no, gr- you know, yeah, there was tense, no grip. gripping and then people booing yep. and all the other nonsense. It was just 
You know, again, I love the game flow last night, both sides. There was very little nonsense between the whistles and face washing and all the other garbage that you see yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Opias. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys and girls, I've got two minutes for following the Blueprint 2AT, and it's all brought to us by Dysart Willis, defending people the right way. So there are two elements that you must have to win a playoff game and a playoff series. And I guess with some exceptions, you can get away with not having them, but it really helps, especially if you're a team like Carolina that has scoring issues, if you will. You need to not lose special teams. You don't have to win them. You just can't lose them. And you need good goaltending. Well, last night early in the first period. That's right. That was a power play goal from Sebastian Ajo. And Carolina scores on the power play. Wasting no time, Sebastian Ajo. Five seconds in to the man advantage. How about early in the second period? Burns up score! Net front's there. Howitzer from Burns is there. Another power play goal. It's 2-0 Carolina. That's right. That was a power play goal from Stefan Nason. And Carolina had a 2-0 lead. And Ante Ranta, yeah, there was the one squirrely goal. More of a bad break than a bad goal. But Ante was up to it last night. Round out in front and Ranta robs Lee. A heck of a job sealing the wall from Barzell and a really patient save from Ante. If Carolina doesn't lose the special teams battle and they get good goaltending, they're going to beat the Islanders, maybe quickly. And I give them a great chance to beat either the Rangers or the Devils. Those are two difficult things to do on a night-in, night-out basis. But when Carolina does those, they win. They're too good, even without their goal-scoring acumen on the ice in Andrei Svechnikov and Max Pacioretty. They can get enough from the other guys as long as they take care of those two areas, special teams and goaltending. Do that. See you in round two. Thanks to our friends at Die Start Willis, high stakes litigation and defense. Talk to you after Wednesday's game two of the Eastern Conference quarterfinal series between the Hurricanes and the Islanders. That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. He's the next best thing to Billy Joel. Adam you know? Gold? Yeah, at this point. From Long Island? He looks like Billy Joel now. Oh, oh, okay. You know, that's all. I mean, I, heck, I remember I took a picture of Gold in Brooklyn waiting for a subway car, and it looked like it was like a lost Billy Joel album cover, man. It was the best. The absolute best. Well, as long as he's confused about the greatness of Vienna off of the Stranger album, then, well, 
Yeah, that's, that's almost as, it's almost as bad as your intentionally bad Billy Joel. Take oh well, no, saying I don't, that I don't, we didn't start the fire. I don't believe song. that we didn't start the fire. No, is were, his best song. That was a callback. I was being dumb. Yes. We all understand that scenes from an Italian restaurant is his greatest song, if not one of the greatest songs ever recorded. Yes, agree. Well, you almost like we're about to disagree there. Man, uh, only the good die young is so good. Yeah, I know you're off fan of that one. album. But I know you're a fan of that one. Now, Brenda and Eddie what's... telling the story. I'm with you. So, what's a dumber take? Saying we didn't start the fire is Billy Joel's greatest <laughs> song. Yes, this that, is gonna. This that is... I'm still. You're waiting, getting there. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the sequel. By the way, Billy, come buddy, on. I. What happens after the Cola Wars? Okay, because he can't take it anymore. So. I understood that, but he's still here. He's still touring. And there's been a lot that's happened since 1989 and the Cola Wars. So I need an update, okay? I need an update. Regardless, what's a dumber take? We didn't start the fire being the best Billy Joel song ever, or Auntie Ranta plays all the home games and Freddie Anderson plays the road games. Because Auntie Ranta is not, he's going to start tomorrow. And I'm convinced if they win tomorrow, and even if he plays, he plays great, they win tomorrow. He's not going to start on Friday. They're going to go Freddie Anderson. I'm really committed to the idea that Rod Brennamore is going to treat this like the regular season, man. I'm really convinced about this. And you think I'm, I got like eight heads over here. I do. I do. I can't wrap my brain around it. But neither guy has, so you're, you're arguing that it's Ronta until he shows you that he's, he can't, he, he has a bad game and you just immediately can't. See, I think you keep things normal. You just keep things normal. So, yeah, Ronta's been playing right now, if so we're going to go Freddy to the next guy. had shown competence. Which he didn't in the last game. In the third period of the last game, I would say to you, you might be on to something. But no. But given the stakes, given where you are, it, it's time to okay. just put your best players on the ice and then let the chips fall where they are. You can't have a 2-0 series lead and then change your goalie. And then if you lose game three all of a sudden... Rod Brindamore has not in in five years has Rod Brindamore made a even a single mistake, let alone one that would be that catastrophic. I I just don't see. I, I don't see that happening. I think they're trying to keep this as normal as possible, and that would include a goalie rotation. So I fully expect that to happen. Until I guess we'll only find out on Friday, right? We'll find we out will. Friday we as to who's right on this one. It's the OG alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Obius, and I'm I'm only half kidding about this. Only half kidding because let's look at what Ronta's been able to do at home. He's unbelievable at home, so don't mess with that. You talk about superstition. Hey, man, he's our home goalie. Still got to see what Freddie's got because you don't want him to be completely checked out. All right, we're counting down the bottom 10 and the top 10 Panthers picks leading up to yet another number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. Joe, let's start with your number eight. Let's go best. Let's start with best. Because in the 2007 draft, the Panthers in the second round, at the end of the second round, took center Ryan Khalil, who ended up playing for them for 13 years. Very long time. That's very productive. Pro Bowl. Pretty good value at the end of the second round. Part of the um, part of that Super Bowl run, yeah, in uh, 2014, just a, just 2015, a rock solid. Another yes. kind of like Thomas Davis yesterday, just a, a rock solid piece of their playoff teams and their successful 
run under uh, Ron Rivera. But may may I point out, though, I was listening to Mike Greenberg earlier today, and you can listen to Greeny on the fan from 10 until noon. They were Him and Hembo were discussing the hit rate of first-round picks. Now, okay. Ryan Khalil's second-round pick, yeah, which and is, the makes second it even better. Like late second-round pick. But the hit rate on first-round picks, on average, is 39%. Okay. And, and they, how are they defining They define rate? that by you get your second contract okay. with the team. Ideally, you've, you've been a, a building piece for this franchise We'll give you another contract. Not a Hall of Fame, not Pro Bowls, just do we like you and we want to keep you around. But the most successful hit rates, which are like just over 50%, are actually on the offensive line. I think it's center. So there you go for Ryan Khalil. Mm -hmm. And outside tackle. So second round, even better for the Carolina Panthers. Nice hit rate. All right, what's your bottom eight? Okay, so yesterday... I'm starting to think taking Bryce Young is a bad idea. And yesterday was Stefan LaFors, yeah. a lefty, undersized quarterback, slight in build. Now, in fairness, they took him to be a backup. He didn't make the team. Okay, no big deal. In 2010, they also took a super productive left-handed college quarterback who actually won national championships. They traded up. Actually, they traded away a second-round pick in the 2011 draft to take App State quarterback Armonte Edwards. Okay, Joe. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a third-round pick. What What are we – what are we – you're crying over spilled milk who, over who, here. Who else was – well, the fact that they moved up to get him. Well, they traded a they traded a second-round pick in 2011, mm-hmm. who the Patriots then wasted on Raz I Dowling. So oh, geez. Okay. Maybe no blood there, but it sure. was an early second-round pick that they gave away. But here's the deal with Armani Edwards. He was a quarterback in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this gives you a better idea of how the NFL has changed and how they view smaller, left-handed, 5'10 quarterbacks. There wasn't even a thought no. for Edwards to play quarterback. No. He was viewed as a potential punt returner and receiver. He ended up catching five passes in his career as a third-round pick. Never played quarterback, although he did attempt uh, a was, few passes. He was two or three. Some, some trick plays. Two or, two or three for his career uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Here is the problem. 11 it, yards, by it, the way. It, and again, you kind of have to put yourself in the mindset of in 2010, this is right around the time where slot receivers, obviously they were thinking, hey, we're going to get this slot receiver. He's going to be really productive for us. If they had just had a little bit of foresight and maybe a scout in ACC basketball, Ten picks after, uh, excuse me, six picks after they took Armani Edwards, the New Orleans Saints took Miami Hurricanes basketball star, of course, Jimmy Graham. That hurts. Jimmy Graham. Now, I get that it, hurts. Joe, he's a tight end, but essentially no. he was a slot receiver. Yeah. That's that what Jimmy Graham that, was. That, that hurts. So, yeah, that six hurts. picks later, if you wanted to gamble, <laughs> if you wanted to gamble that would have on been somebody move. from the state of North Carolina, that would have been the it would have been the 6'8 tight end. From the Canes. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.